Hey friends, and welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Wren, and I am so happy you joined me today. Each week, I get to chat with a friend who has a story to tell, a dream she's pursuing, or a passion to share with you. We all have a story, and my guests have something in common. Actually, someone in common. We all have been changed by Jesus, and He is the one that writes our story. So whether you are doing laundry or sitting in the car pickup line, welcome. Thanks for listening. This is episode 56, and I get to chat with Leah Simpson. Leah and I have been in the same city for years, and we've actually never met in person. We just met on over Skype. Um, I'm actually meeting her tonight to um, get her new book, so I'm excited to talk with her. We had an awesome conversation. And let me tell you, I really thought the conversation was going to be focused on homeschooling because I know a lot of you do that and I wanted to give you a resource in her. But Leah and I went deeper and we talked about intentional hospitality. We talked about parenting. We talked about her walking through miscarriages and infertility and that her goal in her ministry and her business, nurturing her nest, is all about strengthening families. Y'all, what an awesome goal. I want to know more. So here's my conversation with Leah. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast, Leah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I am excited to be here because I've seen you around church and seen your husband around church and um, on the TV because he is a weatherman for our yes, local station. And um, I have never met you. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast. I started following you, um, I don't know, maybe even a year ago. But I saw you and I was like, I love what she's doing. I love um, what you share. And so I'm glad you're here today. Well, thank you. Thank you. So let's kind of start. You, If um, there is somebody out here, one of my listeners, that doesn't know you or what you're about, will you kind of describe yourself and your family and what you do? All right. Well, I am a first a lover of Jesus. I love the Lord. And so all my decisions kind of float around that center idea. And I'm married. I've been married for a little over 30 years. I have five children. Their ages between 16 and 25. Wow. And I say all those numbers, I feel old, but I'm not really. I feel like yeah. I'm in the middle. Like there's there's a lot of people that are ahead that I've followed and mm-hmm. read and just admire so much because they've done the journey well. And then there's younger mothers. I, I just, I enjoy hearing their stories. Um, you know, so I guess I feel like I'm in the middle. I was thinking about that as I was preparing for today. Yeah. And um, we've lived in this area for, um, I guess, about 24 years. Okay. My husband has been in TV since we met. Okay. Although he has a love for radio. Oh. We share uh, a love for ministry as well. I sometimes feel like that's his profession, but we use mm-hmm. our his platform uh, opportunities that he has with weather. Uh, now he's using some opportunities with Pass It On. I don't know if you've seen that segment that he's mm-hmm. doing with Pass It On. I haven't. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a very kind-hearted fellow. I tease that if I'd known how talented he was, I probably would have been too intimidated to marry him. But he's won an Emmy twice. But he's only applied for one twice. So uh-huh. <laughs> um, that's something in his field. Uh-huh. Um, he, he's, he's a very compassionate person like his father. His father loved people. And that comes through, I think, even as you, you hear him on the radio or 
doing weather, but he does he does a lot besides just the weather. Well, and uh, let me tell you, I'm going to interrupt you because your resume is not too shabby either. I mean, you were in education. Your background is education, broadcasting sales, local government. I mean, that's a whole lot of things too. What have you done as jobs in the past? So early on, I did speak for pro-life. That wasn't how I made my income, but I definitely wanted to, to do something for the children even before I had some. And I know we're going to talk about infertility later, but it was interesting. In those seven years while we waited for children, I was helping as a counselor overnight and in person with the pro-life program in our area in Huntsville, Alabama, and then here locally, all the while watching people come in who did not even plan to be pregnant. Mm-hmm. So that, that was part of what was so challenging in those waiting years for me, too. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really, yeah. and that really kind of gets to your heart, too, because you're like, it you're does. counseling, but how did you handle that? Well, I, I've always believed that God has a special story for me, the same as he has a special story for you, a story for you to live. Um, God has created us all so individually, and he's created us with gifts and with strengths and with weaknesses, with opportunities, uh, with a free choice. I, I do feel that though he has given us all our own story to live. And so for me, that just felt like part of the story that I was mm. called to live. I didn't know how to have children or if I wouldn't have children. I did know that God was giving me that opportunity. And I, and I did love the people. Uh, interestingly, one of the ladies who I, I won't tell you her story because we have limited time, but mm. one of the ladies that I was able to talk to had grown, had some grown boys. I think her youngest was a, in her late, late part of high school. And she was raped and found herself pregnant. Mm. I ended up doing a baby shower at my home for her. Mm. And funny thing, well, she was the exact age of one of my daughters. And later I saw her. Wow. Uh, she was in one of my Sunday school classes. But oh. I didn't tell the, the girl because I wasn't sure if the mother, you know, the mother didn't really share that story with her of right. where she was conceived. Wow. So I did. But I just think that's interesting how God brings that around. Mm-hmm. You know, these, and, see, so the stories are not written. Mine's not written. Yours mm, is not written. Mm. And, and that's, that's one of the beautiful things about belonging to the Lord. We can see his work in us and in others. So, and I love that perspective that you had when you were counseling women um, in, in that um, environment where you, you know, mm-hmm. they, um, it was an unplanned pregnancy for them, but for you, you yearned for that. So I love the, the perspective that that wasn't your story. You didn't choose that right. story for you, but just an, an interesting way to look at that. I love that so much. Right. Well, I could speak to how that baby was a real child, even mm. though it was very small. Mm-hmm. Um, funny thing, I have a small creature at my house that has just arrived three days ago. It's a little tiny kitten that my husband rescued <gasps> from the Chick-fil-A drive through Oh my goodness. Yes. And it is about, it's a pound and a half. <gasps> oh, yes. And I, I was telling my 16 year old, I said, you know, babies are born this small. <laughs> it's such a fragile little thing. Oh, wow. And so in need of care. And mm. I, we were just talking about babies and yeah. how God create, it's so tiny and it's mm. little paws and oh, how goodness. it's interesting, tiny, you, you know, so uh. God brings opportunities. And that wasn't anything I ever made money on. But I did that. I also worked in government, uh, sort of a chamber job, mm-hmm. worked, uh, headed up a board, we did a lot of things for the city that we lived in beautification, fundraising, things that made the city and the economic atmosphere of the city more successful. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, did teach high school for a year. Okay, I worked okay. 
with a decorator, and that was a pretty cool thing. Wow. I did. I loved that. I followed a talented fellow around and learned Neat. quite a bit. I often think of things he he did that I went, oh, that's really clever, you know. Uh, yeah. So, what I, did, now what what job were you doing uh, when you and Tim met, or when y'all got married? I was waitressing. Okay. I came up to college. My family, my parents were missionaries. And we were very under-supported. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably, that could take a whole podcast <laughs> to talk about. But we were never supported well. And mm-hmm. so we were very poor. We did not have some basic things like dental care, eye care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really just remember never wanting to go to the doctor. I tried never to go. And my husband, when we got married, said, you, you need to, I was shocked people went and had their teeth cleaned twice a year. <gasps> really? I know that's probably... Yeah, that's that's so sort of shocking. And he said, "Look, if you don't have your health, you have nothing." But he really had to talk to me about that. I just wasn't used to interesting having the opportunity to go to a doctor or even doing things that were maintenance. That was yeah. not something we had. We just didn't. Mm. I know missionaries have different experiences, but mm. we were not. We did not have what we needed physically, even gotcha. not the bare necessities. So mm. I, I was. I never felt poor, or I never. I never even spoke about my needs. Like when I was in college. Uh, I did. I paid my way through college, and I would make that eight thousand dollars a year. Um, I would get to a paid-off point right at the end of the summer before the next semester started up. But I did three year, three and a half years of college, and okay. saved my last semester and and earned two degrees, and that was all by myself. And the wow. grace of I waitressed. I was waitressing okay. and cleaning houses for most of my college money. Okay. So, so y'all met in college, and was he already doing things in the news media? Well, when he first saw me, I was actually 18, and he was 24. Okay. So he's six years older than I am, and he was like, yeah, no, I'm not dating her. I found out how, <laughs> you know, he, he found out how young I was, but then two years later, he decided to ask me out, because okay. I wasn't as young. Uh-huh. Assumed, yeah, you're in the 20s was, now. <laughs> well, no, I'm a junior in college. Or, well, actually going to my junior year that year. Yeah, but, okay. Yeah, so that was pretty great, but that's how we met, and okay. he and I went to the same church. Okay. So that was our... He had already graduated from college. He had gone to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and built a radio station, launched it, been back, and was back, had gone to work at a radio station. He did radio sales. He was on-air talent as well. And then, funny little story, when he went back to a TV station because he he decided to try to get into being a weather, to being an anchor, a news desk anchor. Okay. But he was a pilot. He's always loved flying. That's right. I knew my husband is too. So that's why right. Jim said something about him that right. he knows somebody that um, that that Tim knows. Anyway, right. Well, we eventually want to get back into that, mm-hmm. and so I'm actually preparing to get my pilot's license. Oh, are you? Yes, I am. So anyway, okay. so he, he already has pilot's license when he was 16, and he was, had worked Jim. for his instrument, mm-hmm. and just for so the love of it, you know, the love yeah, of flying. Yeah, yeah. So we all, we have these things, these passionate things that God has placed in us. For him, it was being a bird, right, and flying, yeah. <laughs> and so we, um, he, so the, the short of it was, it was a weather guy who it was kind of like aging out of his job, okay. having some problems drinking, and so he was great at six o'clock, but by ten he was usually kind of funny, mm. right? Mm. And so they wanted him to be on standby, ask him if he we work all day, but be on standby for the ten o'clock. Wow. So because if, if Charlie came in drunk, they might need to pull him in and they did often. And finally he was okay. on the weather all the time. He'd work all day and yeah. then he was on weather and he said, I've got to make this is about the time I met him. He said, I've got to make a decision. I've got to they offered him a really big job with 
the uh, sales he was doing for the TV station. And he decided to jump off and be a full-time weather okay, guy okay. And, and, and launch into that. And that's the beginning of where, okay, where, that's, the, where, the where it started. started. Because, because he loves the weather from a practical uh, standpoint. I think people do sense that he's concerned yeah. for their safety. Sure. And, 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 and yeah. Well, and what I was going to say is when I hear him say, and when he says, um, I'm telling my wife right now to go take the kids. I remember years ago he would say that. He would say, okay, it'd be like tornado season, and there was like a tornado watch. And he would say, okay, or warning. I don't know. I always get those confused. Oh, it's the worst. It it starts off as a watch, but you better get ready when they say watch. Okay. And yeah. um and I remember he would say, I'm telling my wife, my wife, you're watching, go take the kids down down to the basement or or in a closet. I mean, yeah. would you really how would you feel like when he was saying that? Were you scared to death without well, him home with to, you? <laughs> well, to be honest, he's already passing post-it notes to somebody who's called me. Okay. And if he's he's saying that I, we're out in the country, so I'm I'm probably off my satellite already long okay. before. Okay. So if he says that, he's, he is saying that to me. But he's I'm already trying, said it. But I'm listening, but he's already passed me a note because I don't like last minute things. Okay. Um, I don't do that. So I would be pulling <laughs> all the children. And, you know, some of the things that we knew were you're supposed to have sturdy shoes on. Uh-huh. So when your children are little, to get shoes on everybody, I mean, oh, let's word. say. As moms, I don't care whether you have one, whether you have eight of them. It's going to, and you got to keep them on, right? So yeah. get tennis shoes, some kind of walking shoes. The truth is, if you ever have a disaster and you have to walk out of the rubble, you do not want to be barefooted with house slippers yes. or with your regular slippers. I'm barefoot all the time. I'm barefoot right now. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with Japanese people. I don't wear shoes. <laughs> I, be, I don't wear shoes very often, except out in public. But yeah. this is saying that, you know, it's a good thing to have sturdy shoes on. And to have okay. your purse or anything like your wallet, anything you need yeah. in case you need to leave rubble and go somewhere and keep yourself okay. safe or, or fed for a while. Sure. But all, you know, I pull the children and the pets down. Oh, man. And, and I used to have all my scrapbooks in one spot, and I always took them too. <laughs> so you got the kids with their shoes and the scrapbooks. <laughs> well, you know, because that's all your family history. Oh, it is. I get it. Right your there, pictures. So. That's what that's, that's what right. I would go for is the pictures. That's right. Wow. Okay. So I love how y'all, okay, so how y'all met and y'all, he waited two years, y'all got together. Um, did you have kids right off or did y'all go through the infertility before you had kids? Well, he did ask me to marry him a month after our first date. <gasps> my Ooh. children have just heard this. Yes. Oh, so, man. I, I didn't tell him yes right away, but that was kind of quick. And um, so we were married eight months after our first date. Okay, and, that's the um, way to do it, girl. There we go. Just, I, my, I, have my, I tell my children, you need to have a short engagement. And those of us who are married yes. know why, right? Yes, we do. Because once you're engaged, yep. there's a different feeling toward the person you're engaged. You need to mm-hmm. get yep. on with that wedding. Get on with mm-hmm. it. Uh-huh. Get to the honeymoon. So, uh, well, you know, I really had worked so hard to educate myself. I, I do love to work, and I mm-hmm. was having a good time. And I was a little bit younger than my husband. There's a six years difference. Mm-hmm. So we married when I was 21. And so he was the one that started talking about having children before mm-hmm. before I did. And I, I really, I don't know that I can say how long it was, a couple of years that I worked. Mm-hmm. And then we started talking about having children. Just like it is for some, we, maybe we thought, okay, we're, we've decided now, let's have children, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't easy like that. Uh, we did get pregnant with twins and lost mm-hmm. twins. Mm-hmm. And then... The next year, I had my oldest child, and then I had two more miscarriages. Mm. It was actually three and a half years, which seemed like an eternity between the first child and the second one. Sure. 
once I had the second one, I had four in five years. Oh, so, goodness. So I missed, but I had, a, I had six miscarriages overall, and I had an ectopic pregnancy. Mm, scary. Five, five C-sections, one mm. C-section without any anesthesia. Wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Goodness. So yeah, the third pregnancy, I just, at that point, I had two children. I thought, I have a family, and I really didn't have this, I need to have another child. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, this is it, this is it, this is good. Yeah. And um, I was 20 weeks pregnant with my third one when I found out I was pregnant with her. I was on a roller coaster, <gasps> ride, and I was like, I feel, you know, people say they're getting older, they feel kind of dizzy oh. on those rides. I thought, I am not. I'm 30, I'm not dizzy. Uh-huh. And I told my husband, it was 100 degrees out. I'm not really used to the humidity and heat here yet, even though we've been here a while. So I said, why don't you hold the baby who was a year old at the time, Katie? I said, hold her because I I don't feel, I feel kind of, you know, lightheaded. Uh Uh Um, I've had some hypoglycemic issues coming out of college, and it felt just like that to me. Okay. The aggravating thing, I'd had a straight skirt on because I love suits and business clothes, Uh and my buttons were suddenly not working again, and I just (laughs) broke because I hear people like they gain weight and they can't get it off. I thought, but I got it off. I don't think. Really like it. So, and, and you're 30, so that's not. I mean, you know, that's not really when the metabolism slows down. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because for me, I was just pregnant and nursing once I got yeah. 30. So once all that stopped, it wasn't the same as I had seen yeah. yeah. at 29. What? But that is good. We have five children. Mm. The last bunch is close, and I did have a friend encouraged me early on when I was miscarrying she had had three children and she said yes I kept miscarrying miscarrying on the front end and then I had three babies and every time she would come and just sit with me and keep me company Mm -hmm. my husband worked till 11 or 12 and you know once I finished Mm -hmm. my work day and I was home I was kind of sad Mm -hmm. I had a puppy my puppy would sit with me but you know you just kind of get sad you just (laughs) I don't know what to say and if you've had a DNC along with the miscarriage then I think you're like five times as sad if if you miss uh, out the DNC, mm-hmm. I think you don't feel nearly as bad. Mm-hmm. That's been my experience. But yeah, and I even recently heard that a lot, I don't know what the percentage, but if uh, women have C-sections, they're more prone to postpartum depression than those that do, don't. I don't know. I just heard I, that recently. Yeah. I Well, I don't know. I've never because, had that experience. Yeah, it just was interesting, but, you know, about hormones or whatever, you know, so you wonder if the DNC yeah. was connected to that too, but... Um, I have never, well, I did have trouble after two, ND, I had two DNCs, so mm. after the first, I, you know, at first you don't really know that much, even though you're a sure. girl and yeah. you're an adult, you find out as you go along because yeah. you just don't know. I, I just discovered, and this was working with, it bothered me a little bit actually working with pro-life, mm. you know, the DNC part really mm-hmm. bothered me. I'll mm-hmm. just say for me personally, I just had yeah. to re- read a lot and try to work through some of those questions, mm-hmm. and I feel that if you can just let things happen naturally went to my hemorrhage so I couldn't but if you can and then just make sure let the doctor check and make sure everything is good to go that has less of an emotional impact I see I see that's my personal experience but others that's interesting yeah well um so when you had your so you had five children and then you had six miscarriages is that what you said you lost six. Lost six babies. Six babies. I, I had I had some twins. Like number two, That's right. the mm-hmm. second child I had was an ectopic pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So the baby in the womb is the one that I've kept, mm-hmm. and the one that was in the tube was the one that we lost. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I gotcha. So yeah. through through all of that, um, and then you had a lot of young babies at home. I mean, they were they were oh my young. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
how um how did you even get the first because I, I know you you have homeschooled all five of your kids and I know yeah. how did you get from you know being full-time working and then your home and then you're having babies and then they're getting to school age what kind of was the turning point for you to realize that you were going to homeschool? Well, it was probably much earlier than that because okay. when I was a young child, we lived outside the country. Okay. And if you have a chance to look at my book, you'll see a picture of my mother where we're homeschooling. So we, she was a secondary ed teacher having no clue what was coming ahead. She did secondary ed. She's often said, oh, I wish I'd done elementary ed, but she didn't. Yeah. So when she started us, we were out of the country. We were in the West Indies on a remote island. Nobody was schooled there. Wow. Um, the people that they are there are very much like our Sudanese friends that okay. are here in Memphis. Mm -hmm. And I have several Sudanese friends, and they, they, they remind me of my Caribbean friends. Oh, Yes, just the way they look and talk and they're, everything about them, really. Yeah. And so we, we will, my mother wanted us to be educated. So she, we were homeschooled growing up, uh, off and on. I had different experiences, homeschool, Christian school, um, some public school. And so when I became a mother, I just knew I wanted to homeschool because that was my, I'm a learner. So I'm, I am the type of person that felt like I could get, I could, I could do more of what I wanted to do, like get the things done that I didn't want to do and then launch into things I was interested in. That's great. So, so as a homeschooler, I was always, I was pretty independent. You know, some people talk about the unschooling movement. I, my thought on that is if, if you have a self-starter or a child who's disciplined, a lot of those ideas are really pretty, pretty fantastic. But mm. if you have an undisciplined child, that's going to be difficult. And they all, everyone needs guidance. Children sure, need guidance. Sure. They just go, hey, what do you want to do with your day? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. Yeah. So I loved homeschooling as a child. That was my okay. down, hands down favorite. I begged my mother more mm. than once in high school. Junior high and high school would be homeschooled. So I loved it for so many reasons as a child. And I just wanted that for my, that, the lifestyle mm. of homeschooling for my own yeah. children. That's great. It was the lifestyle I, I wanted more than anything. Okay. All right. I like that. Did you do classical conversations as a rule or is that when you did it and then you wanted to bring it to Memphis? Because you were the first person that brought it to the Memphis area, correct? Yes. My my sister and a friend of mine in South Carolina were very much on the front end of classical conversations with Lee Borton. And so they had liked it. And I love Awana. And so my children have done Awana since they're three years, since they are three year, I'm sorry, they're three years old when they start Awana. Okay. And so they go three to eighth grade. And it's a great thing. And so I just thought that when I saw CC, my oldest was seventh grade. And I, I thought it looked, the memory work part of it seemed really fun. Mm -hmm. The way it was presented. And that's why I like Awana, because the memory work for your Bible is fun. So I thought we could make a group. So I gathered up the ladies who had been with me for six years with a homeschool field trip group. And I said, I've got this thing I've heard about, and I want to tell you about it. And maybe we want to do this instead going forward. A lot of us had started when our children, we had like kindergartners and all of our ones below, the little people below that. So now all of us had gotten to the point we were beginning the junior high journey together and so I introduced it, and that very night, those of you who might be aware of what CC involves, 
I had my four tutors and I had exactly 32 children divided properly into all the categories. Wow. So I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, it's amazing. And, you know, I've always homeschooled with women who are at, most of the time educated or self-educated. There have been one or two that have, you wouldn't know because they've self-educated themselves. But just women who have come from full-time jobs to being full-time moms, full-time jobs outside the home to full-time jobs inside the home. Mm -hmm. So it just seemed a natural transition for all of us to grab that for the memory work. That's great. Uh, we always did a lot of memory masters. Everybody, that was what we did. Probably by second grade, you were memory masters in my program. And that was the expectation of the parents on their children. Not That was for me, for my own children. But everyone, we all did that together. So mm. we had that standard together. Well, I'm sure you had like camaraderie between the moms, you know, that y'all are oh, yeah. for each other. You're for your kids, but you're mm -hmm. for each other and um, can bounce ideas off and, and right. all of that. And so I think right. that's great that you brought it. To, and I know a lot of my friends that are doing classical conversations and they really enjoy it. Um, yes. And so good job for bringing it yeah. to the Memphis oh, area. That's awesome. Well. That's okay. So okay. tell me about um, how you started writing your book, Nurturing My Nest, and how did you come up with that name? Okay, well, that's my husband's doing. He, I always felt like that I was full of ideas, I guess, for what I wanted to do when the children were grown and planning ahead, trying to think about how can I do ministry? What, what, should, what should I do? And I've always had a deep desire to strengthen the family. You know, it's one of my greatest loves to help mothers enjoy their children more, whether they are homeschooled or whether they're not homeschooled, that's not the deciding factor. But the strengthening, the strengthening your home is just so very biblical. And as women, we are called, I guess, to be the hum of the home, the mm. the music in our home. Of course, that takes so much self discipline and work because we, you know, we have to always. I mean, I feel like I have to work on my attitude. I have to really work mm. on you know, growing spiritually, it's important for me to keep that in good order uh, for my husband and our relationship and for my children and for all those coming into our home. So I, I guess I thought strengthening the home. So I had that big idea. And I didn't know how to break it down. My husband told me several times over and over, I should write a book. I thought he was kidding. Who had time for that? It's very time consuming. Mm. But people want, had a lot of questions, the same kind of questions that I had. So I told him, I, w I was just kidding. I said, I'll write down the qu 20 questions that people ask me all the time. So I did. And so he started listening when people talked to me because that's one of the questions. I said, I know. It's not a hard question. I used to ask that question too. He said, you need to write down the questions and answer them, I thought. So I did. I went away, actually wrote most of the book in a four-day window. Oh, my goodness. Wow. By myself. By myself. But then the process of publication was very lengthy, let me just mm, tell you. But I've sure. learned a lot of things along the way. And I do love to write. I've taught writing, taught mm. IEW writing, actually, for about 12 years. And I love teaching okay. writing. And I do love writing. So okay. I just, that's, that's it's a natural I thing. Get, well, I, I actually, I love to, I, you know how you said at the beginning how all these different things bring you to who you are. Mm -hmm. So part of the story, part of the little things that God was creating in me was that little episode with the decorator. Mm -hmm. All right. So, you know, we were very poor. We didn't have very much uh, growing up. So that wasn't something I played or did. Mm -hmm. And there was an Instagram and there's so much technology that helps you these days. So mm -hmm. I really wanted to actually help people learn how to organize their home. Mm -hmm. And I felt like things that I did, the systems that I had, 
were things I'd learned from others and they were easy to implement and they gave people freedom and joy because mm-hmm. if they felt like they had these patterns in their home, you know what I'm saying? So it was, it was just a group of things. It was the homeschooling component. It was lifestyle. It was loving your husband well. It was being a spiritual person. It was also mm. domestic things, which mm. strangely people sometimes are more interested in that than anything. I, I, <laughs> there's other things I think are more important, but they want me to talk about, okay, how, how do you do grocery uh-huh. shopping? Uh-huh. How do you save money on your groceries? And how do you right. do coupons and you mm-hmm. know all of the domestic things? And I have people yeah. say, so tell me, how do you store your children's clothes? Uh-huh. I had somebody ask me that. <laughs> how do you how yeah. do you do laundry or how do you do bulk cooking? And it's those kind mm-hmm. of things that little by little, you know, I picked up this from that person and this. So it's uh-huh. not really, I'm so smart. It's, and I also read organizing books as much as I can. And because you'll read a nugget. You know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I'm at the age where I, we've had to clear out three houses. Um, mm-hmm. Three of the parents, three of our parents have died. And all the things that those of those of you might be listening to the podcast, you understand the enormous job with those stages of life. Mm. And so my house, you know, being the place where some of this sort of thing comes, you know, Mm. I've had to think through and I've got children going to college and I am down to two at home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just trying to reorganize and live in the space I have. Sure. Wonderful question I found last year from a book I read was this item has lived its life with me. Or the question, has it lived its life? So it's not junk. It's not worn out. Mm. But it needs to go to another home because yeah. it's lived its yeah. life with me. So that's a very freeing question. That's so good. That's so good. So all of this is inside of your book, Nurturing My Nest. Nurturing My Nest is geared toward the homeschooling lifestyle. Okay. And it is about, it has a couple of like chapters that are really the, it applies to people who just want to make wonderful things happen in their own home Mm. and strengthen their family. Like there's the whole child chapter, which probably stands out uh, in the book. And there's also a chapter on car school. So you can be in. I did see that. I saw your video on your website. Your website is very, very thorough. I really like that. Um, And I read about car school. I think it's great. We do that. I mean, to and fro, we're always in the car. (laughs) That's right. And we were going on a trip to out west, and it was going to be 64 driving hours. And someone said, oh, my goodness. We were in a big van, all seven of us. And Uh they said, how are you going to manage it? I said, guys, I have like 80-something hours of Odyssey. I'm going to be fine. Yes, exactly. You've got school. school. I got school, (laughs) plus I got Odyssey with me. Oh, that's right. That's right. You mean adventures in Odyssey? With all the, oh yes, oh yeah, yeah, those oh, yeah. are good. Those yes. are good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, so I know you have some books in the works. Can you give us a hint? Can you tell us something well, about what they are about? Well, I'm working as fast as I can on one okay. that has to do with all the domestic particulars okay. because the first book had a couple of chapters that dealt with that. Okay, but as I interacted with my editor, I felt like some of the things that I was referring to really required more explanation. Okay, so yeah. A lot of it has to do with the cleaning, kitchen mm-hmm. um, systems, weekly, daily, weekly, and monthly, and mm-hmm. annual systems sure. that sure. help us to manage our home mm-hmm. easily. I mean, mm-hmm. the idea is to be able to have systems that work for for you in your particular home with your particular children and your needs, and then that way you can do life and you don't worry about um, so, you know, saying wasting your time yeah. because you've you got systems that already work. Okay. And 
And really part is hospitality. And that's always been something that I have done. My, my family did that. That's how we, we were church planters. I was the oldest child and my mother sometimes only just had me to help her with teaching Sunday school, women's ministry, or handling all the food behind her as she was teaching. Wow. So I've tried to teach all of my children those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've read books on hospitality, but I, I really think hospitality is the way to communicate the gospel. Uh, there is a book that I read just accidentally, but not really not. This is how God puts things together. I read a book Mm -hmm. this summer that was, um, the third book I've read by this lady, uh, Rosaria Butterfield. And Mm -hmm. it was the gospel comes with a house key. It was her her third book. I keep hearing about this book. Now it is not, it is, it is so, I laughed. I cried. Not a big book. It took me forever to process it because it was just so good. Mm. And I have highlighted it and it's notes all over it. It's so great. But it's it's the heart of hospitality and inviting people in your home. I mean, I've just finished lining up parties for a new life group that we've started and lining up parties for the neighborhood because we're having people in our home in the neighborhood and also it's intentional hospitality. It's mm. the same thing it's on the front of my book, but it's just that. It's like that takes effort. It takes planning. Yes. It, takes, it also means that you're, you really should just forget about how your house looks. People, yeah, it, people love coming into your home when you are not perfect. If you're waiting for perfect, it, you're really focusing on yourself. I'm not mm-hmm. from the South, but there was this little plaque that came with marriage and it said my husband had it it was that country blue I'm telling if you're coming to see the house call ahead if you're coming to see us come on oh I love that and so the idea is just come on in and and people people love that and I I like to be able to sporadically invite people I mean what happens to me is it's on Sunday and we were gonna have leftovers and then like a couple weeks ago this new little new couple at church, I know that they had been just there a little while, and I just, for I, for many reasons, I just knew they needed to go into someone's home and to be invited. Mm-hmm. So many people need to be invited. I, I spoke with someone recently, many of us who that are from this community would know the name, and she said, I'm, I'm just so lonely. Mm-hmm. She said, and, and, and no one ever invite people think that we should be invited out to, to dinner. But they don't invite us into their home ever. Mm. And she said, most of the times we're at dinner, I'm, I feel like I'm still in my job. Mm. Because she has an important job. Wow. And I think that, she said, no one invites us into their home. There was another woman who always throws very large parties for people all the time. And she told me about a year ago, nobody invites us into our home. We mm. had them over for leftovers. Like, I'm not kidding. That's oh, all I had. I said, hey, you guys can come over and this is what we're having yeah. You know, and I try to plan, I try to plan, you know, to be hospitable. Sometimes it's, you know, in the crock pot, crock pots are great. Oh yeah. And the Instapot. I really need to figure that out. I know a yeah. lot of people know about it. I know. Instapot. I don't have one, but I need to figure it out because that's, <laughs> that takes the stress out of it. Cause I think a lot of people get stressed over the dinner. Is it going to turn out? Do the basic, most basic, basic thing that you do. I do spaghetti. Well, I could do spaghetti. There you, go. <laughs> you know, I'm there reading a go. book that's like this with, um, by Jen Schmidt called, um, just open the door and oh, it that. is great. And it's just like what you're talking about. Intentional hospitality. Just open the door. Just bring people in. And that's when the relationships, the community is formed. Is when and I also right. heard 
from a blogger and she said the nester and she said if you come in and your house is perfect then someone who comes in your house is going to think they need to be perfect <laughs> if they have you over to right. their house obviously you're going to clean the toilets <laughs> obviously you're going to clean out the sink yeah. but if you have everything just you know everything perfect it's they're going to feel like they need to be perfect too i thought that was so good and so wise yeah. so i love that yeah, if you've trained your children to do all the parts of house cleaning, yes. by the time they're like junior high age, they yes. should be at least able to be sent. Like I'm giving you, like we have 10 minutes, people are arriving. Yes. You go handle the downstairs bathroom. You mm -hmm. vacuum, mm -hmm. handle the back steps. Like we can spiff up. We can right. take 10 minutes and spiff up. Right. So we're, we're, we are giving them our best because yes. we're not trying to be, per giving your best and being perfect are two different things. It is. Uh, the bulk, see the bulk cooking gives you mm. so much freedom. I can be homeschooling all day. I can pull something out, put it in the oven and take a meal when I'm done homeschooling at whatever mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So the yeah. bulk cooking gives you freedom, mm -hmm. saves you a ton of money and gives you freedom to be hospitable and to take meals because we all know that that is sometimes needed. I love that. So, I love that. And that's where people want, want and, and like you said, it's showing intentional hospitality and then it's an open door that you can share the gospel and That's just right. be the love of Jesus to people that like the lady you said, she was super lonely and she didn't want right. to go, you know, we always say, Oh, we'll meet you at this place. We'll meet you at this mm -hmm. restaurant. Let's have it in our home. Let's do that. She said, you know? I want to be invited. She said, I would love to be invited in someone's home. Mm. She said, I don't really care what their home looks like. It's just that they think of me that fondly. I feel like God thinks of us in a fond way. And so if we are to be, Christ to others, they need to feel that as well, that God loves them. In, uh, often if you feel, okay, we're, for those who are listening, it may be mainly a female audience, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. yes. So we know that if you need to have, let's just talk real here, girls, if, if you need to have an important conversation, maybe it started with your dad or your husband, you make sure that you have greeted them well and that they are fed before you begin talking yes. to them. Yes, right? amen. Okay. We all know that to be truth. <laughs> this is not a big secret. No. Okay, I hope the fool's tuned out because that is true. Even boys. You well, can't talk to boys until you feed them. Mm-hmm. And even, I mean, I, I'm going to say, sometimes for women, that's true. <laughs> sometimes I got to eat before I can focus. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So we can love people with food and hospitality. Mm -hmm. And then they might be more interested in listening to other things, right? I love it. I love, I, it so I love that. Hospitality is the is the best. Uh, it's and the best. It, it takes it. work, but it's not as hard as people think. It's not. And it, it's so much joy to be hospitable. It does. And to be that person that can invite, you know, just to listen. I love it. And to know that it. you had a need or just, you made it, it, it's actually maybe more for you. You, you made a oh, friend, yes. a new oh. friend. And you have those great intimate conversations. I love that. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Okay, so the last few questions I asked, speaking of eating and food and being hospitable, oh, what is your favorite snack that you love? Dear, well, I actually try not to snack, okay. but I do love I do love ice cream. Oh, yes. I do, I do love ice cream. What kind? When I, was pregnant, when I was pregnant, I was always underweight, which has never happened to me at other times in my life. Oh. But... <laughs> Well, bluebell, anything bluebell. Oh yes, I, I like or because it's close to homemade and it's hard ice cream. It's really yummy. Yes, so mm. I love bluebell. That's mm, my favorite food. Okay, but a good steak is you know good like filet mignon. That's a good thing, and I, and I do yeah. like all the salads and vegetables. I, I like mm. food that's fresh, mm. and um, so a I lot of it. things, 
fall in that category. Yum. Making me hungry. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I am working on my Bible study for women's ministry right now that deals with hope and joy. I have just finished the gospel comes with a house key. This is the Rosaria Butterfield book that I was referring to. And I am rereading a couple of books that I read. You know, it's the beginning of the homeschool season, right? Mm -hmm. So I love this little book. I think it was actually an ebook a long, long while back, maybe. Sarah McKenzie, Teaching from Rest. I buzzed through that. When I've read a book before, I usually highlight and write notes. So if I read it back through again, I'm I'm pretty fast. Um, This one is one I've had for a while. I'm working with my 16-year-old who wants to be a pastor on things that are spiritual disciplines. So one of the ones I'm working on with him is praying intelligently with scripture. Like I want him to pray the scripture and the names of God. Um, This one is Watchmen on the Walls. It's by Ann Arkins, A-N-N-E, Arkins, A-R-K-I-N-S, and Gary Harrell, H-A-R-R-E-L-L, Praying Character into Your Child, Watchmen, Watchmen on the Wall. And so it takes a characteristic and prays that in for your child. If, if you're doing the whole child in my book, and there's also a workbook work page on my blog that you can get, you'll realize that the spiritual part of a child, something we need to focus on as well. A lot of us are, we're already there. But for me, I tend to try to do too many things at once. <laughs> so I am trying to pray for one thing at a time, at mm-hmm. increasing in the spirit, like discernment or patience. Gary Harrell, I think the author of that book and his wife, Pam, I think were on Focus on the Family recently, where they talked about that one thing where you pick out one character quality because you want to do like 10. I want to do like 500, but (laughs) you know, for my son. I do so many myself, so I know how to, there's so many things. Yeah, you're like, you know, I mean, all these things, but they said pick out one and we did. And it is amazing how much that comes up daily. Um, when we're sitting, when we're walking, just like. This is excellent. I've had it for a while. I I use it over and over. I I take this one to the beach because it can go in my little beach bag and I can, it's so, I I can look at it and then I can put it away and close my eyes and I'm praying Sitting in the sun. I, I'm getting ready to go to the beach. Can you tell I'm thinking oh, about it? Oh, yes. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds great. So, awesome. This is a new one. I read, okay. this is yes. Emily Lay, A Simplified Life. And uh-huh. I know she's very young and she's got a lot. She, I think my daughter found it, found this and gave mm-hmm. it to me. And she said, she is like me and she has a mom like you. So, of course, oh, I had to go to the Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yes. When she, her mom, yes. I think this is when her mom, can, I follow her, um, when her mom comes to visit, I think her mom uh, reorganizes her kitchen for her. Like straightens it, you know, like reorganizes. So there that, you go. That, that sounds like you. I do that. Yes, I do that kind <laughs> of thing. I'll say, I'll say, what can I do to help you? I don't do anything I'm not asked to do. Sure, that's sure. how I love my family. I love it. I'll just say, what can I do to help you when I come? That's sweet. They do that when they come to see me. That's how we love on each other. Mm, that's sweet. I love that. Uh, okay, so where can people find you on social media and your website? All right. Um, well, my blog is nurturingmynest.com okay and there's a lot of great resources there yes uh, there's a book nurturing my nest on amazon okay and the, I, I have three more books in queue i'm working on one right now that has to do with domestic 
organization, as I mentioned. There's one coming on miscarriages, mm. and there's another one uh, coming on why it's very important to embrace childhood and make sure your child has a childhood. Mm. So that that's, sounds wonderful. Yes, and there's there is an opportunity for private coaching on my okay. blog if you go into the shop section. Um, in reference specifically to homeschooling okay. and encouragement, or sometimes I'll be honest with you, it is overwhelming to see what is available for homeschoolers. And sometimes you don't know what style you are or what, mm-hmm. or how to fix it. Sometimes it's a problem. Like I have special needs, um, in, or special learning challenges in my five children. Of course we all do have things that our children are strong at or weak at. Right. So There's also um, a retreat coming up at the Country Place. I wanted to mention that in March. They are hard to secure because they are busy, busy, busy. Mm -hmm. So March 15th through the 17th, there will be something, a sneak peek on that this week coming up. And um, March 15th through 17th, we're going to be having a Renew Ladies Getaway. And there will be only 60 spots available. So I've already had people asking me if they can you know, get in on that. So I'm going to put it out there early. People know they want to come. They can save a spot. Okay. Grab it's the rooms and the rooms have four people. So mm-hmm. if you want to go and you want to grab three girlfriends or your mom and your daughter, daughters or whatever, yeah. however you want to arrange it, it's going to be so beautiful out there. My daughter got married out at the country place. Oh, wonderful. I don't know That's if you've great. been there. Oh, I, I have. As a kid, I went all the time and then they closed oh, it down okay. for under, you had to be 16 to go there because oh, they were re- like revamping it. But it was beautiful. I did that for I mean, I think three or four years in a row. It was fabulous. It was so good. So now the Renew Conference, is it for moms of homeschoolers or is it for women in general, just for any stage of life? It is for women in general. Um, So, you know, I think my heart is not toward, I don't want to be just for homeschool moms. Yeah. Because I think the lifestyle, you know, I actually have several very close homeschool, homeschool moms or moms that I do a lot of work with that are single moms. You know, for various reasons, that's where they are. So my my goal is really more for strengthening the family and just making patterns in your home that make living and loving and hospitality easier, you know, more rewarding. Okay. That's wonderful. What a great mission. What a great goal. And um, I'm going to put all of this in the show notes. So thank you for coming on the podcast, Leah. Thank you, Ren. I'll enjoy it. I'll look forward to meeting you soon in person. Well, since recording this, Leah and I have met in person. I got to see her last night and got to hug each other's necks. And I just loved her conversation about intentional hospitality, about parenting. She just gave so much wisdom. I loved how she said that we as women are to be the hum of the home and the music of our home. I love that so much. So just think of one way how you can be the hum of your home to bring calmness and peace to your home and do it this week. I would love, love, love to connect with you over on Instagram. So you can find me at Friends of a Feather Podcast. Remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great day and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends. Bye, friends.